Hello, and welcome to this, another episode of Frame and Reference. I'm your host, Kenny McMillan, and you're listening to episode 110 with David Lanzenberg, DP of the show, Wednesday. Enjoy. The thing about those, um, the Kinos that I like is just the, have you used the camera LUTs in them? No. no they had, I'm, so on the back of the LED panels, you can set what camera you're using and it won't create color outside of the gamut of that camera. Really? So you can't blow out. You know how like on the Alexa reds tend to, the Alexa mini and, and what other reds tend to go weird? Like it yeah. won't make those colors. And it'll also adjust the white balance so that it's uh, correct to that camera. So it has like, it's got Alexa, uh, Venice, DXL, and huh. probably one other one. Um, amazing. I, I'm getting I, like a hundred TLCI out of those things. Wow. No, that, that's amazing. I ought to check that out because always, you know, with a bit of, even on Wednesday, we had a bit of a, some firework gag and I did struggle a little bit with the reds and the blues and all that. And I, 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 had I known, had I known, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I do know that the, the sky panels, like when you, when you're in CCT mode, they're super accurate. Yeah. For, for the most part, but only to what you set it to, not like color representation like um spectrally they're not amazing because those leds are pretty old they nailed the old sensor but the the leds need to be refreshed no i i I, yeah yeah i think they they could have done a bit of refreshing for sure yeah no very cool no that's great did Um, you um uh i I saw ari put out an article they said you 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 might be the only person that that i've met who actually has used the orbiter yeah uh, it, yeah. What's that? What's that thing like? Cause it's enormous. <laughs> it's enormous. It's big. And, you know, I think I had never, you know, the, you know, we needed something that was going to be for moonlight. We had uh, pushing through, uh, this round window on, on our set. And, uh, I wanted something that was sharp. And I don't, you know, sometimes I, you know, most of the time I, I don't tell my guy for, listen, I want you to use this light. I want no, no, no. I kind of have a discussion about what, you know, what the thought is, what the idea is, something sharp and, you know, what do you think, what's out there? And, and you know, there's so many amazing lights that are being brought out, I mean, yeah. every, every year. And it's so sometimes, I mean, it would, you know, I would be on my phone again all the time, you know. <laughs> so I think the one thing that on that day, we were just, uh, we had quite a few days of, of pre-lighting and um, he had this light. I didn't even see it in person physically. He had this light on a, on a pipe or something, and it, and 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 it did the job, um, and uh, and then we used it for some other things. It wasn't exactly like the most you know strong kind of powerful light, but it did the job. And then we used it also for uh, some other you know floor balance for Christina Ricci. It is a big light, but you know when when you're like you know sometimes you you have the tools that you have. Yeah, sure. And and you have that, and it seems to work, and it did a good job for us. Um, I know Ari was very excited when they found out we used that lamp. Uh, they, <laughs> uh, yeah. they they did a big thing about it, uh, but it, it it did okay. It is massive. I, I hope that they maybe you know as lights go forward that they get smaller. It feels like we're going back in time, and cameras only going to get bigger. You know, we're going to have to have a huge blimps. You know, it's the same thing yeah. with the lights. You know, right? But. Uh, yeah. But it, it it did it did it did the job. We only used it for those two instances. 
for yeah. uh, for bouncing, for a little kick in the eye, and for a moonlight. And uh, it was decent. It was good. Yeah. And now you just use those because the gaffer had it. Because, like, why wouldn't you use, like, a, you know, a Fresnel or, like, a Manlite or whatever, HMI? Yeah, I mean, you know, the HMI is, you know, I think the quality, we got the quality, which is a sharp quality out of the light. We didn't have all the oomphs that we wanted, but it did what we wanted. We didn't go with an HMI just because we could not calibrate sometimes the color. We had less control over the color. Um, and, um, and the HMI would have been good, but, but I think, uh, ultimately to turn things on and off, uh, I think we, there's a little bit more range to do. We didn't have the oomphs that an HMI would have given us for sure. Uh, yeah. and it was, I think it's ultimately, I think it was the gaffer's light. So we, we, you know, we went with it, uh, and it, it you know, and visually it, it did what, what we wanted for, for the night sequences, uh, uh, through that win one window. I think it was... You know, for me, it was a bit like a, a Jolico. Jolico would have been interesting also. Um, but again, it's the color, the color choice. We we, we we had more range with choosing what color we wanted. So, yeah. yeah. Did you have a, did you make it over to Cinegear a couple, what was it last? Yeah. Ago? Yeah. No, I was there. Yeah, I was there. They, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. See anything cool there that you liked? Uh, you know, the one night I, I, it was so busy and, and Ari was making a big, like, you know, marketing thing with all wins oh they had that uh, set yeah they had that set i know which is they did <laughs> they did a good job i thought they did a pretty good job it was pretty funny they had you know they had this poor girl playing cello you know for like for hours 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 <laughs> i was i was yeah i was so feel I, I felt horrible for the guy i think there was two two young girls playing the cello but i mean it's the same bloody tune i mean she's probably like you know went home and like screw up yeah you know just sick of that song from you know was it painted black or whatever it was? Uh, but the um, the show, you know, it was interesting. But they, I saw some lights, and I had worked on another show right before they shut down on Severance uh, with Ben Stiller, which was which was a great show to be on. And um, they had these cue lights. I had never seen those cue lights before. Like really nice, punchy little Fresnels LEDs. Just called cue light. I think it's like a Q5. I think it's called. I have to look. I think that's what it was. I, I look it up, but but it was really impressive because I had I used them quite a bit and I like the punch. I'm kind of honestly, I'm a little sick of the soft LED light vibe. I think everyone is. It's been uh-huh. 30 years of that. You know, Kino started it and then we just kept doing it for. I know, but it's, you know, sometimes it's nice to have, you know, a little 2K or, you know, a little Tweety or things like that. It's kind of nice if she can, if she can, if, if, Oh, Philex. Is that what it is? Yeah, F I I L E X. Philex. I was I liked it. I mean, I liked it again, you know, and you don't have like, you know, three burly guys like putting gels, you know, on the set and but they did they, they, they were punchy. We I did a bit of skip balance with those and it, it had quite a bit of punch. I was happy with that. And I looked for them at the Cinegear and uh I think I looked for them but they were it was too late already. They were like wrapping up their case and that's like yeah. Asking them to open it up, and no, that happened to me. So I was I was there doing event coverage. The the company that um, I write for, Pro Video Coalition, mm. uh, I'll do event coverage of like NAB and nine stuff. And that same thing happened to me when a buddy of mine was like, "Have you heard of this thing, Hobo Light?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Let's go." So we run over to the Hobo Light, and they're literally packing everything up. And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> let's do a video real quick." But those are they're ex- 
expensive. They're very expensive, but they're very well built and pretty surprisingly bright for how small they are. I mean, the biggest, really, you know, the size of a couple of baseballs. That's amazing. It's called a hobo light. Hobo light. Yeah. Like a hobo. <laughs> I got to check that out. That's funny. It's a good name. But, yeah. I asked, I asked him about that and he said that, uh, it was cause I guess hobos were not homeless people. They were traveling, um, uh, work people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why they had their little bag. It was like tools and shit. So yeah. he was like, yeah. hobo lies. They're small. So you can take them on gigs and stuff. Like, yeah, that's good. I'm going to check it out. I mean, from, from what I understand is for now that they're coming out, it's just the LEDs that are just pushing through a piece of plastic for now, right. like type of glass where the original for now is sort of just bouncing into, you know, a, a piece of convex mirror or, or, or reflector inside back towards the, uh, back towards the, the Chanel piece. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe someone has one of those out or I, they, they do seem quite big still, those Chanel at the time. They do seem quite big and have a big, big, big ballast that follows. So there's a way to, to, to make that smaller. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, what is it? The Manlite Evoke, the 1200. And then that massive one that, um, aperture came out with it's like a 2600 i mean right the, the fresnel is is massive en- enormous it needs its own yoke yeah to hold the light on and then the light mm-hmm. itself is enormous too yeah no it's, it's phenomenal phenomenally big so we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah oh, very cool yeah um, uh, oh go ahead no 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 sorry uh uh my wife just got back from toronto and and oh, Quite, I mean, quite a great timing. Yeah, I know. Quite, quite, great, great trip. But yeah, no, but good, but good stuff. And, and you know, I think Shinigear was really packed. I was very impressed with how how busy, uh, how busy it was. It was nice to see a lot of old faces and, and people. You know what? There's another tool that a friend of mine, Grip Key Grip, uh, Richard Mall, had uh, come up with. He did. Um, well, originally it was called the slider slider and I think it's called something like the spider or whatever it is called now. Somebody else took over, uh, he, he took it from him and they're building them. Hudson slider. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Slider. Yeah, yeah, Hudson yeah. slider. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was pretty impressive. I thought, and I'm not because I'm, he's my friend or whichever, but he, it's very sturdy and I was quite impressed for, for that piece of equipment. Totally. Now yeah. there was the, the two things I was excited to see was, uh, the, I finally actually got to see the um, the light bridge reflectors. Okay, because everyone keeps talking about those, or you'll see them in you know Instagram posts or whatever. But I'd never gotten to like actually see them in person. And the few yeah. times I saw them at, at NAB or not NAB, but like Cinegear last year when it was in the convention center, uh-huh. um, the, the it was just everyone was crowded around them, so I never got any like FaceTime with them. But that, the, I like the idea of of repeatable thin you know mobile reflectors and stuff i think those yeah. but again you're going to get relatively soft with those but it yeah pulls the light away makes it a little, little more natural yeah no it's it's good yeah i mean i think yeah i think stuff that's modular is fantastic that's a, just you know, having a variety of lights that are, that are small and, and easily i mean i'm a big fan of the uh on severance we had uh what do we have we used a lot of our uh, you know two third you know the, the asteritudes that we had the Never. uh the top everyone's using that with the cover wagon type yeah. you know, the, whatever it's called it's pretty it's nice it's not bad you know i mean we, it's for what it is it's impressive to, you know these days when 
these guys, I think using, you know, on, on that set, they don't, we don't use not many lights, you know, it's very, very moody. And, and I think most of the time, that's the only lights that were used. But, oh, uh, there's a, the, re the reason I was laughing is because there, I, I've started to play at, I think during the winter break that I take for this podcast, I'm going to go in and find every time someone mentions the two, I have 115 episodes right now. It's going to be 115 times people saying it. And then we use the tubes that like, they're, I, I don't know how they beat anyone to the punch on that, but that's every single DP uses those tubes. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they're very low profile. And now with those socks that have been put, that have been adapted for them, it's, it gives you that kind of a bit of, you know, it softens it up a little bit more. Um, and these cameras, you know, now you have like the Venice for, you know, 3,200 ASA and all that. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you really don't need a whole lot of time, but you know, one needs to still be able to light, you know, for daytime, you know, as it's, right. it's required. So, you know, the tube's not going to do the butt. So you gotta, you gotta know your bigger heights as well. <laughs> that that's the thing too, right? Like all interiors that you can kind of get away with a lot. And then the second you're anywhere near a, like. A window or anywhere near outside, suddenly everything is underpowered and you've got 12 stops of ND on it. Yeah, no, yeah, God, yeah. Oof. That's amazing. I mean, I do, I do like the big lights. I mean, I think for the, the interiors, if, you know, I, I just do, I still like the, you know, even mixing it up, you know, having for, you know, having some big uh, maxi brutes, you know, if you're pushing a bit of that hard, beautiful tungsten light coming into the, coming into a room, that's always really nice with a bit of, a bit of gel, you know, sticking. That stuff I hope doesn't ever go really away because that quality I still haven't seen it in, in, in some of the lights and that the and also Boomer maxi brutes are amazing. Uh, there was a light that I've yet to work to work with and it's very it's very temperamental light, but it was called the Wendy light, and it was this gaffer that that invented. I know you heard about it, you remember this yeah. thing it was like the master and I think there were like quite a bunch of MR60. I I forgot what it was, but it was a wall of them. Yeah, and and they were like you know in possible light to work with but certainly did I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what the quality of it does and and see see how that works and yeah yeah so all all good stuff still amazing stuff that's coming out but i think there's still some great stuff also that you know one can work with we, so. we certainly are in in a time where it feels like uh you know, we, especially when digital cinematography started, everyone was like working towards like, oh, it needs to be better. It needs to be more like film. I've argued for years that the film look that everyone's chasing uh, it is not a real thing. And it's, uh, ju it's just what we used to say when digital looked like absolute shit. Yeah. We wanted yeah. it to look like the nice thing, not necessarily celluloid. Um no, I, yeah, no, I completely agree, but I still think it's great. If, if I, I, you know, I hear a lot of up and coming DPs that are, that are the, the crazy thing. I hear a lot of up and coming DPs that will strictly, that's part of their deal. They only shoot film. Yeah. And I'm, and I've got, I, I mean, I heard that and I was like, really? They, that, that's their, that's their stick. They said that I will only use film. I mean, I don't know if it's real or not, but I was really impressed by people who can really put their foot down and do that. I was like, you know, I remember when I went from camera assistant to DP on music videos and whatnot, I remember that for like a year and a half, I ate lots of lentils and I didn't say I only shoot 35, you know, <laughs> Right. it was kind of, you know, in one, you know, so it was, it was interesting, but the whole thing with chasing the film look that went on, I remember many years and 
all these different outfits, you know, the, the grade, oh, this is the 5218 grain, or this is the Fuji, blah, 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 blah. but I mean, it, it is pretty sharp, that stuff. And I'm happy that the new cameras, like the, I haven't worked with it yet, but the Arri 35, now yeah, yeah. instead of this 4K stuff, like this is like a, this is like an arms race, you know, who has the most K, you know, now we're going back to like, okay, let's just go back where things were fine. There's no need to necessarily, unless it's like, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, then right. sure, you know, big skies and big, beautiful landscape. But I, I'm also, um, I like to, I'm curious to know more about the 35, just to, to chip and bring back those lenses as well. Yeah. A, a buddy of mine ran some tests on it and yeah. uh, uh, he, the dynamic range on it is stupid. I mean, you, you basically can't, you can't clip it. It's perfect. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, he was able to wow. recover. I think he was five stops under and, or over and he could just yeah. bring it right back and it was fine. Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. Five or six, obviously more in the highlights cause that's how Ari rolls. But, uh, he said yeah. that the grain, the textures, he like tested them all. And then he was like, eh, all right. it feels if for the first time in Ari's history, it feels a little gimmicky. Oh, uh, he, he was like, I don't really see where I would use it necessarily but i guess if you've got a real you know uh hands-on production <laughs> you know like yeah. where, where the editor's gonna really mess with it how bizarre but, yeah but yeah. otherwise the sensor is fantastic the sensor is fantastic wow like and they yeah yeah 15 six uh i think it was 16 to 17 stops and then also they fixed all of that like earlier when i was saying the like the red that kind of goes magenta like break the brake light thing that right. people would always run into they fixed yeah. all that Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have had that. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, that's amazing. No, that's good stuff. Um, that's crazy. I'll, I'll you know, you're, talk, to... you're talking about fifteen stops. When you say, "Oh, you know, this, 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 this thing," and you know, the latitude is crazy. It reminds me of the music video days, and I'm just like, "Oh, you know, all in my day." I feel like an old man now saying all this shit. But basically, it's like I remember doing this this one music video. I remember that finally, it was on film, sixteen mil. I'd been trying for so many years, I've been mean, quite a few years prior to be bleach bypass. Mm, yeah. Uh, 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 a spot, you know, and I was really, and, 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 uh, my director, the director was Philip Endelman. I'd done a lot of music videos with, with Lenny Kravitz. And this one was a, a band called Elephant and we're shooting in New York at the Chelsea hotel, uh, where my mother used to live. But anyway, we had a, a 16 mil camera. We had this girl that was stunning. I think she's like now like the some maybelline spot i don't know what hell she does but anyway she's pretty much not wearing much just very top and very risque kind of thing and it's black and white and we and, and and there was a program that kodak came out with where you could just take a still and sell the idea to whoever the label and say here this is what it's going to look like will you authorize us to shoot bleach bypass so when you do bleach bypass you have like a stop and a half two stops one way or the other that's it and it was kind of a very nervous sort of feeling and you don't know if there's anything in there until later that evening when you call you know when you get your one light dude calling you it's like oh, everything's fine you know but that was funny to you know for that you really you know that's the one thing i do miss a little bit is like you know i, I do sleep better now because yeah. of digital <laughs> But I do miss the days of, you know, you really are taking a little bit of a chance and, and there's other places now you take chances, but, but certainly, uh, this was an interesting, uh, that brought me back to that moment where they said, sure, 
shoot back these backpacks and it looked great it's fantastic it's yeah either black, yeah. it's either black or white there's nothing else it's not great i actually <laughs> just watched that music video like oh you did before yeah yeah <laughs> oh shut I, was, up. I was going through your website and i was like oh that looks cool oh. like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun that was fun that was like you know oh and then the, during the music video we seen you know we had you know it was the early days of the there was uh it was light panel had made um their light at the time was what they were the early ones to come out with leds that mm. and the the diodes are like you know massive you know they're right. like ridiculously huge but they had a ring light and we had the ring light on, on on the bloody camera and um i remember we're in this room shooting and and the girl is just she's on the bed and she's whatever and i look to my right and there's a cop there's a guy fully dressed like new york cop eating something and i'm looking at the guy holding the camera and this is not a big room and i look back and the director's there and he's looking at me and we're like what's going on and we sure and then you know reload the camera and we talked to the cop and he's like the cop was like i don't know if this is the right direction you know and he's like giving me and i was like oh my god this guy is like telling us like he's not really into and then he left and that was that you know it was pretty funny you know so you gotta love he probably did it he probably did a couple episodes of svu and thought he you know knew what was up exactly yeah exactly but you know it's these moments that you're kind of like random you know we're shooting a girl that's not wearing a whole lot and somehow there's a cop there in the room who clearly was not part of the production it's pretty pretty funny the, stuff it is weird how like i was i was shooting the spec ad in uh the arts district and yeah. and this clearly homeless man was walking towards us not like not like he was going to do anything he was just walking um but we had the steady cam guy there and as he got close he goes crossing and then moves out the what he knew the he knew the lingo he was like oh yeah crossing <laughs> like man that must have he must have been a pa back in the day and never made it oh boy that's hysterical at least he, you know, he 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 made himself uh he made himself uh, an extra that day, so that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't bothering him. He was just grabbing a beer somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but to your, po- I want I did want to bring up the to your point about like younger DPs only shooting film and stuff. But I don't know I, if it's true or not. I just heard this and I was I was kind of taken back by that. I was like, wow. I think I, th- I think it's I don't know how logistically how many people can actually do that, but. I do think there is a very, you know, uh, millennials and certainly Gen Z have come up in yeah. an age of of things being absolutely uh, ephemeral. Is that the right word? Where it's just not everything's, you know, there's no physical anything. Right. And especially with streaming, you know, one day you can watch something, the next day you can't. And All right. so I think shooting digitally doesn't feel real to a lot of right. EP. So by shooting film, I think on one side, it is a little bit of ego. Ooh, I did the real thing. You guys are doing, you know. But on the other hand, I do think there is kind of this feeling of like, oh, I, I did a real thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not it's not ego. It's like the, this is tangible, which we there's not a lot of tangibility in the world right now. No. No, and that's a good point. I, I do I do think, I you know, I think that that is quite possible. I mean, I think I, I was impressed by the, the assurance to say, for me, it was born like the assurance to say, nope, not going to shoot digital. This is who I'm going to be. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty ballsy. I, I was impressed with that. You know, you know, this business is, there's not a, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of everything. Yeah. So you definitely don't hear about, you know, you do hear people who can say, I'll put my foot down, but they're at a certain level in their career that you can do that. 
So for younger, you know, DPs or artists to, to say what they really truly believe in is, I thought it was quite, it was, I was impressed by that. Not that I, you know, I don't know if I would have done that or if I could have done, I mean, you know, right. sh- shoes on the other foot, but you know, might need to have a side job to pull that off. Daddy and mommy, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, 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 but nonetheless, I, I'm impressed. And it, you know, if, if, if they can do that, I mean, that's sure. I haven't watched and I should a show like Euphoria, but that was like, I know some of the production that worked on that and shot on film. And I hear that, you know, I think some of the producers were, you know, the younger producers who had not really worked with film, they were shocked by how many lines were needed. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They were like kind of, you know, they had budgeted one way and then and things went the other. But uh, all that movies at night too, so they really got to, they really, and it's all party lights a lot of times too. So it's not even like the power of tungsten; it's gelled to shit. Um, wow, I got to check it out. I, I mean, it's so many show. It's a good looking show. Yeah, I got to check it out. And they sh- didn't they shoot positive film? I'm pretty oh, sure they made so they shot reversal instead of yeah. color negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually got a sticker from them. They got Ectic oh, yeah. 100. <laughs> and you know what? That's so funny. You pulled out of my wife just when she was shooting some stills in, in Toronto. She just pulled exactly those that Ectochrome 100 out of her camera to take it to the lab just now. <laughs> yeah. Very, it's great film. You know, I took some of that film. This is something I've done before in the past where which I do actually more and more for every show is basically, you know, creating its own stamp. Um, and one of the shows I did with the ectochrome, I just, they just brought it back out. There was a, a little show called, uh, chilling adventures of Sabrina, something for Netflix mm-hmm. that we did. It was that kind of, a Sabrina, the teenage witch, you know, a much darker, but the director and I wanted to always, you know, do something a bit original to it as far as the look. And we discussed a lot. He wanted to, you know, can we shoot ectochrome? And I was like, well, there's not, you know, first, obviously we can't shoot ectochrome because no one's going to let us shoot film for a show like this. But eventually what I did is take a lot of stills with that hundred ectochrome, a lot with the, the color swatches from the clothing, be, uh, you know, the, the clothing have been picked, the, the, the fabrics anyway, we had an amazing, I forgot his name, but an amazing production, uh, costume designer. And, uh, and this was in Vancouver, so it had a bit of that gray sky at the time we were shooting. So we had these swatches, and I would take a lot of pictures of these colored swatches as well as the sets that were being finished. And then with those stills, I was able to send it to the colorist in LA and build a lot for it. That was basically similar to the Ectochrome and then kind of tweaking a little bit and with tests that we kind of brought it back to where we wanted. But I mean, it wasn't like we tried to make it look like film with the film look in the grain. Right. It was really that that color that the way the light reacted or the 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 way you know the I can't say film but the way the chip would react to the colors and the density something. the density yeah the 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 way with sometimes you know, slightly washed out and that was kind of like building our own film stock and that's what we did a lot with with the hundred ectochrome there's actually I have an F two yeah uh, have, it's uh, not within this is the yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> well, it all it's a, yeah, the gray one, the camera. Yeah, it's a, it's also a weapon. You know, you can, yeah, I dropped a, I've dropped it a couple times. I have the, uh, I had to get the weights level though. Oh yeah, when I did drop it, it like unseated the prism viewfinder and um, yeah. it, yeah, broke the little tab so it doesn't. Oh, like I can't use the meter at all. But yeah, still, still works fine. Five six. Yeah, five yeah. six, five six, Kenny. That's a <laughs> five six. Be there. 
Uh, the actual, the, the so I got a uh, GFX 50R, the Fujifilm uh-huh. medium format camera. Okay. One. Okay. Wow. And I and I have a Nikon adapter for it, and I yeah. put the um, Nikkor 50 millimeter pancake on it. Uh huh. And I've shot film with that thing because that would be like my travel camera, yeah. my travel film camera. Right. Uh, but now that I have, you know, it's on a medium format sensor that's 50 megapixels. That lens is so fucking sharp. It is outstandingly sharp. I tried all my other lenses. They're not that. All my other Nikon really? lenses are not that sharp. That pancake is a marvel of optical engineering. And it's like a white 1.4, 1.8. 1.4, 1.8. This was for 35. Where there was a medium format, the glass yeah, that you had. It's just going to keep bringing out. Yeah, yeah, Keep bringing out show and tell. Bring it. Bring, um, it, bring it. So the sensor on this one is ever so slightly bigger than super uh than full frame 35 full frame 35 yeah super so this yeah. is uh this is actually the size of a uh, alexa 65 got it oh per yes uh lf no uh, no bigger no. bigger than that okay uh that's big, that could, super 35 is, is i thought it was smaller than the 65 but anyway yeah anyway anyhow that you, but the lens you have is is so retrofitted to fit on that on that camera yeah, so it's got a little. So this, one point eight, yeah, and it's just a little. Oh wow, uh, one point eight Nikkor pancake. But it's a thirty-five millimeter lens, fifty. But I mean the 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 it's oh it's, yeah 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 it it, it, it and but but it, and the edges are completely sharp. Or do they? Well, there's a little completely. Bit of really, wow. it just, I think because it's so thin, it projects a lot wider than yeah. it should. Because like the fifty, the normal fifty. Now, uh, Nikkor 50 doesn't cover. That's what, that's what, and the 35 does. Okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I love this camera. This is great. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. No, my, uh, yeah, the cameras. Yeah. Where's I, you know, I, 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 I lost and bought and lost cameras or terrible with cameras, but one of my favorite cameras that I really, that I learned. A lot when I first came to LA was the uh, the little Leica CL, sure, uh, yeah. with the forty five on there. It's a tiny little camera, pain in the ass to focus. Uh, I don't know if it's a rangefinder or whatever it is. It's like a tiny little square and you thing. You got to really line it up. It's really this is not uh, photojournalism whatsoever, right? And uh, but a lot of fun. So yeah, no good good stuff, good stuff. The- yeah. Now, now I feel like an idiot because I'm like I th- I'm pretty sure it's this. It's a just smaller than the 65 sensor, but I'm uh, anyway. That's not what I'm yeah. focusing on. I did want to bring up the whole fi- the the film look thing because yeah, um, obviously a lot of people I've noticed when they want to shoot film, they don't want to shoot 35, like for a music video or whatever. They want to shoot 16 because they want to uh, you know elucidate the fact that they're shooting film. So they want all that thick grain. They want you know the more a- apparent gateway, right. you know the yeah. lower dynamic range. But then something like Oppenheimer comes out and it's almost exclusively shot on IMAX or 70. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like there has to be 35 shots in there. There has I, to be. I think there is. You know, I mean, the cameras, I've never worked with IMAX, but you know, the IMAX cameras are very, very loud cameras. Yeah. They, they have to be blimped. Uh, one of the things, I don't know, I didn't see the aspect ratio change at all. Um, it's so booked. I tried to watch it on IMAX, but the bloody thing is booked for the next two weeks. You can't get any seats. So I had to go and to go watch the regular 35 screening, which, which was fine. Yeah. But, but, but in, in, I remember when, when Nolan did, um, 
uh, at Dunkirk, you know, as you remember, the aspect ratio kept changing. And I was always very curious. And I realized, obviously, it was because of, you know, the IMAX was just 35. And that's where I really noticed the difference. Um, and, and he kept that, which I kind of liked that yeah. it changed throughout. And it was, I don't know if it, it, it might have bothered some, but it was interesting. Um, but those cameras allowed. So I don't know. I think your instinct is right. I don't know how you can put a IMAX camera right there because those things that they're not quiet and you have to blame so, the hell out of them. Yeah, I uh, I was able to get one seat at the City Walk uh, mm -hmm. IMAX. Oh wow! And it's at it's next week uh, on a Monday at 10 a.m. and oh, that's wow. the only one where I could get a seat that wasn't in the first four rows yeah. before yeah. it you know before it's completely yeah. gone. But yeah. we did go and see it at the Century City. Yeah. In just regular, like, digital IMAX. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I think at one point I started to recognize that the... The shifting? Shifting. But I do know that they shot a lot of, um, not fifteen seventy, but, like, the VistaVision, whatever, 70 millimeters, yeah. 65, yeah. you know, and I think they did yeah. that for dialogue scenes, but I still, yeah. in my head, I'm like, logistically, I... I feel like unless they just said fuck it and they just went straight like we're never shooting 35 but um point being gorgeous film but uh I'm wondering if that movie with all the excitement that all the that everyone's had about it will push people away from this idea that the film look needs to be halation and gate weave and thick grain yeah and I, more I, to I, what you were saying about the colors and the tonality yeah. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I mean, I, I'm also texture and I'm also that, but I think the, the pendulum is from so hard with some of the lenses as well, where it just becomes like, you know, the blooming or the, the bouquet, the this, the that, the that, the this. I think that there has to be, I think it, it swings back the other way at times. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it. If it's, you know, it's the conversation, if the director calls me and he's like, listen, this is what I want. And I'll, I'll be curious to hear his point, but, but definitely it has to go back. Uh, but I will say, I think there's something interesting that's happening with these digital cameras, I find. I, I, I look at them more and more, a bit like, you know, film stock as well. Mm. Um, you know, you have you have your Alexa tone, and, and definitely they get tricked out quite a bit, whether before post, before we start, and we do stuff like, you know, building LUTs and whatnot. But definitely each, each camera I find, it's, they have truly their own identity. One thing I, I've, I have enjoyed working with also with the, uh, I know it's might be controversial with some people, but I do like the sometimes uh, the the some of the senses that that the Monstro has come up with or the Red has oh, come sure. up with, and, and it yeah. has it has had its own thing where it, it does for me it has very much a similar kind of um, quality. As, to me, a lot of texture in the sense that it wasn't it didn't try to be perfect, but it, it tried to be its own thing, which was interesting. Um, I did a few shows where I remember watching the image and going, this is reminding me of this film, weirdly enough, uh, the way it's coming about. Not to say that, you know, I, I, I fall on one sword for every project that I do. And it's just that one camera and only that one camera. I think every, every job is different. So, yeah. Sorry. But, yeah, uh, I find that the, like, I really liked the dragon sensor and I know that that's yeah. pretty controversial because it was kind Very of, controversial. Very textured, but I thought you know you watch yeah. House of Cards and stuff. Yeah, it's great. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time there was, you know, this was like the beginning, and I, I don't know how many other shows were. I think it's still very much in infancy. Um, 
I mean, I shot with the dragon on a movie called uh, The Age of Adeline, and that was with originally, originally, which kind of looked like House of Cards. <laughs> kind of looked like House of Cards. I mean, we tried to tweak. We had an amazing colorist, uh, Stefan uh, Nakamura out of Company Street. Oh, uh, he does all Fincher shit. Maybe that's why it looked like it. <laughs> well, maybe. No, maybe it doesn't look like too much like House of Cards. I mean, I think what, you know, I think he did, um, maybe he did. I don't know, but, but I remember that. I know he did right? Fight Club. Or um, he did, um, he did uh, seven. He did seven. Yeah, I think he did seven. Uh, Look, amazing, amazing colors. But I remember the whole thing back then. It was still this was like 2014. There was still options for directors coming in to say, well, no, I'd rather shoot film and because of that and these choices. And this was a director, young director I worked with, Lee Krieger, and this was a second project working with him. And he was like, I'm we're shooting film. This is a you know 25 million dollar movie with. Blake Lively and Harrison Ford, Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver was slow, and we ended up with an absolutely fantastic, absolutely amazing crew. Um, and uh, and and and, but this was with Lakeshore, who 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 were very nice, but they were very adamant about shooting with the red. Mm. And we had never worked with red, and we ended up with these dragon cameras, and we made it work with everything that you know was happening. But I remember one day in the middle of our shoot, the the DIT comes over, James comes over, and says. There's, there were, there's a couple of things that happened on that show that that really funny, but anyway, one of the things that happened was James comes in and he's like, ah, we have a small issue, but everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Red called and they, there's something about, there's something about the glass inside, the filter. Well, apparently it's upside down. It's the, it's, it's, it's inside out. It's the wrong. <laughs> I was a bit, this was the infancy of Red and I was like, <laughs> Like what? We've already shot half the movie, and it's, it's like I mean, I didn't see like the OLPF really. was backwards. I think so, yeah. And then it was uh, that was the dragon, and uh, true story. But but the, everyone was, you know, I, I didn't see, you know, you know, you work with the parameters that you have, you know. So it's just sometimes, you know, you do the best. Yeah. On yeah. on Wednesday, did I see you were shooting? You shot LF for everything, but then for the hand for thing, you shot on a Komodo. Yeah. 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 We need, I needed something that was small enough. I knew I was going to need to be at kind of like quote unquote eye level to sing for some of the running stuff or for some of the more, uh, you know, close and close up and close and close and wide. This was not a long lens kind of thing. And, uh, there's a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a one trick pony and, and I do steal people's ideas and really, I think kind of that, Hey, you got to look at what they've done for what they did for ants or whatever Ant-Man. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, they, they, they took a Komodo and they took little, little Zeiss lenses and that's how they used it on a stick. And so I can't take any credit for any of that because they, they did it, but it worked out great. And basically, yeah, it was a little Komodo. We had, that's a great camera, by the way, but that with some of that stuff like that for tight spaces, it's 35, 35 gate as well. You know, it doesn't right. have the, you know, it doesn't have the, you know, 18 stops or whatever, you know, 15 stops, but. You know, you gotta, you, you know, you, you gotta flex your lighting muscles if you need to at times. And if hopefully you don't have to, but, um, that camera was amazing to shoot, uh, Victor, the hand yeah. thing. Yeah. How, uh, how was that matching the LF to the Komodo in post? Was that like kind of a struggle or did it actually come out pretty easy? You know, I think it's a good, great question. I mean, one of I had, we did send footage to our colorists in LA to make sure um, that it was going to be okay. He didn't seem to be two-faced. He seemed to be okay. And then also, 
the thing was, um, what I was, you know, when you see like, you know, drone footage, most of the time, it's not even the same camera that's, you know, so, but there's a certain DJ I inspire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, there, there's sort of, I think there's a, there's a bit of a, uh, there's a sort of, uh, a license, not a license, but, uh, you're, it's kind of its own world when you're following thing, you're not really, it's kind of the, the thin camera. It's not so far to the right that you're like, oh my God, this is like, you know, Fisher Price camera, you know, right. type, you know, if you remember that camera, but you know, you, you can't, you know, it's still within the range, but it's still believable. And, but it's the world of, you know, following thing that I treated, I started of it that way thinking to, you know, when you look at, you know, whether be the, you know, not the photosonics, but if you think of the, the phantom cameras, mm -hmm. that's, that's a brutal sometimes. I think they, I think they've come out with some really good ones daily, but you know, the latitude on those cameras wasn't great. The color science was kind of okay. But the, you know, when you were matching it to say the Alexa, you're like, oh, or any, at the time anyway, um, you know, suddenly you're, you're seeing clearly, I was seeing it different. I mean, it's, you, you really needed to crush a lot of the blacks and to match it to the Phantom of the scene was really like a match card or things like that. Uh, so I thought there was, there was a little bit of license and, 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 uh, but yeah, but it worked out great. I really liked the yeah, idea. It's just a simple camera. You know, it's like, it's like playing guitar with like two strings, you know, it does what it wanted to, you know, so, uh, and you know, you, you know, so that worked out great. Yeah. Um, we had a little stick, we had a little stick, a little remote, the wheels are remote. So you could operate the camera from this, uh, I don't know what this, this, this uh, Ronin thing or Ronin whatever it is. Yeah. Ronin too. And the, the operator had his own wheels. And so we had the uh, AB camera operator would hold the stick. We'd push him on the dolly and we tried every possible thing from, because uh, we, we knew we we're going to be following thing quite a bit. And we wanted something that was small and compact enough. Um, and we tried everything from, uh, you know, putting a, a periscope to, uh, a stabilized head to everything. And at the end, the simplest thing, and that works the most efficient one was just a stick with a little gimbal head and a remote head over there. And that was the best. And right. no fuss. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, yeah, I can imagine like trying to set up every time there's a shot of thing, you got to set up one of the, uh, what was it the, the skater cam, you know, like on a dolly and try to do that whole now for every yeah. single shot of him. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Bring out the ATK, you know, it's like, yeah, you know those 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 skaters go. We need a lot of light. Yeah, exactly. So the simpler things sometimes are the better ones. Ultimately, is my 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 feeling. If it takes more than five minutes to talk about it, then well, that 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 actually brings us. I was going to touch on earlier when we were talking about uh, euphoria and stuff. But um, I was looking at some of the behind the scenes shots from Wednesday, and the lighting setups do seem pretty simple. It's very simple. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was kind of the approach to generally? Because it it's it is a stylized film, but it's not like overly, you know, on, on the Tim Burton scale, it feels kind of in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. I, I aim for the middle. Uh, <laughs> no I'm kidding. But I mean, <laughs> no, I think it is with everything else. Yeah. I mean, Tim has done some, Tim Burton's amazing film, you know, uh, with some amazing DPs. But I think you know this was the you know the story of, of Wednesday. We didn't go too too dark in that sense, but at the same time, it's still a kid's story, you know, for many kids. Um, 
But the lighting sequences were simple. Uh, we didn't try to recreate a new wheel or we didn't try to re-engineer anything. Uh, we built a lot of negative, uh, you know, we didn't crush the blocks necessarily so much so in, in, in post or on the DIT or anything like that. It was all done in camera. But the best thing I found, and this was not many times I've ever had that experience is having one camera and that's it. Mm. We, we shot the whole thing with one camera. Meaning one one crew, we had a B camera crew that was sitting in the camera truck, but most of the time it was just one camera. So you really are focusing on your frame. You're focusing on your lighting and, and all that. And you really can take the time, I think, you know, the, 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 and I, I don't say that, I'm not saying that every show should be like that. And But but for that show, I think it was perfect. And, 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 and you know, Tim, the producers would come up to me and say, Tell Tim to have another, you know, can we push another camera? And I would go to Tim's ad. Do you think we can put another camera? I was like, let's try it. And then he was like, nah, this, yeah. it's, 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 it's taking away my attention. Oh, I mean the, actually, you know what? One thing that the other day I watched uh, a series of unfortunate events. Oh yeah. And, and I was, wait, wait, remind me. It was a good one. I remember. Yeah. It was Lemony thing. Jim Carrey was in it. And, um, um, What's his face? Not Darius. Who shot it? I was just looking it up. I'm such an idiot. I know I've seen it. Because I started, I've got a few hundred uh, uh, ASC uh, magazines. And so I was like Mm -hmm. trying to find the one that had that in it. And I was doing a whole bunch of research on it. Uh Uh, Let's see here. Was it Darius? Oh, this this is great for great for listeners just yeah i know i know but a series of fortune events i know i've seen it and i liked it that was a, a little while ago it was not recent. Yeah, yeah that was 2006 2006 yeah um but one thing come on uh just the oh for heaven's sake this is bad anyway yeah. emmanuel lubeski emmanuel lubeski yeah um and one thing that i thought that lighting style that he has where there's it it's a pretty obvious key but it yeah. just works every time because it's so massive yeah. um i'm not saying you did that in wednesday but but when i saw him and he said i was like because i had seen wednesday when it came out right i didn't i didn't rewatch it but uh it, they gave me similar vibes and i was like it's it's hilarious that like a man can set the speaking of bleach bypass yeah. Yeah, he he was really setting the tone with the bleach bypass in that film. They like developed, they had just developed a new like E and R thing at E film, I guess. Amazing. And um, yeah. that's a great look. Don't film. I gotta watch it again, but I mean, I I know I liked it. I did, but yeah, it's it is a high key. I mean, that seems to be that's Tim. Tim was into that when when we were filming it, and definitely we even pushed it a little bit more in post after. Definitely more of a high key. I know it's weird. You like. All right, you like well, I'm spitting on myself now. I do, but but basically it is weird sometimes. You know, I take the the the, the, guy, uh, the other uh, DP that came in, lovely guy, Stephen Shears, and who did the remaining episode episodes. I remember on, on his first week when he arrived, we had already been shooting, and I remember I think he you kind of made a comment like where <laughs> he was like throwing his hands in the air or something and say where where is the light coming from? <laughs> right. <laughs> And I was kind of like, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, there are times, yeah, it has to be motivated, but there are times that, you know, you have to look at it 
I think sometimes you look at the frame, you look at the lighting and you just kind of feel like, does it, is, is, is the feeling right for what's happening mm-hmm. within the frame? And, you know, there is all the logical explanations. Well, no, hang on the lighting. No, 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 no. Then it's yes. But ultimately I think it does it, does the, does the scene that it's almost like going back to a bit of photography, does the frame feel good? Does the character feel good? Is it too much? Is the background too? That was the other thing. I was really happy not to be shooting everything. You know, I know some shows I'd been watching shows that were shooting everything wide open. Bloody hell. So to be able to appreciate the sets and to see the scope and to shoot on wide lenses. And that was, a, that was, that's nice. Nice. Yeah. But, but, um, yeah, the high key for sure. Yeah. My, uh, first of all, t- one thing that I've said almost every episode of this podcast and also in a, all the articles I write is I'm trying to get people away from technically correct because yeah. feeling correct is always better. Yeah. You know, what the, I, my favorite quote was like, where's the light coming from? And the answer is it's the same place the music's coming from. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Don't I'll use that. that. <laughs> it feels good. You know, and it, and if yeah. everyone looks at it and goes, that looks good. And then their second question is, wait, where is it? It doesn't matter. The audience is no. it's the same thing with like, oh, no. like you were saying, oh, it's 5218 film grain. No yeah. audience member knows which fucking film grain we're using. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Use the Da Vinci one. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. No, be exactly. No, it, it has, it has to feel correct with what's happening in front. And if, if it, you know, you'll, you'll notice right away. Oh my God, this is, you know. This is, this is too hard, or this is too soft, and this is always punchy. Too, uh, too punchy, or any of that. But but definitely, uh, no, it has to feel right, and it, it doesn't apply just for lighting. I think it applies for everything. Yeah. So, how, I mean, you may, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, how were you treating those uh, kind of key lights? Were they were you just doing massive twelve eyes and putting a three sixty through it, or were you kind of was there a one <laughs> solution? Was there one solution? Not necessarily. There was all kinds. I think. Um, you know, for the exteriors, we used, we used big rags uh, with lots of negative. Uh, and uh, what was exciting in Europe is that those they have these uh, uh, instead of condors, they use uh, manitous or something of the like, which is like a big, like a great all, uh, really large platform with the guys at the bottom driving the vehicle. And he controls everything from the bottom, so you don't have anyone up in the, the, the oh, up in the basket. And it's this thing goes up to a hundred feet up in the air. You can put any kind of weight on there. So for an eighty foot condor, you have these things that move around so fast. So we had like you know a lot of negative on the show for daytime, where you know we I would have a twenty by or a twenty five by negative on the top, like a tent literally, and then another twenty five or thirty foot negative dropping back with another 20 behind camera at times just for, you know, one person looking at the camera, you know, I was just, you know, I mean, it It looks really good though. It looks great. And if she, she, she can, you know, if you're AD, if you have the time, you know, which not always, that's not always the case, but, but having, having those tools that move fast was very good. A condor would have never met. So that was really interesting to see. Um, and I've been trying ever since to to see if they, you know, here in LA, if they have that, but it's, it's you know, condor takes forever. And yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but but as far as the light itself, what we use, um, you know, I think it was a variety over there. You know, for space, sometimes we use uh, light mats. 
Uh, I do like the light mounts because they were quite even at last for, for some for soft light again. Here I go, soft light. Um, we had, uh, we, I had tubes. I think for any kind of hard light, we, we, we stuck to, uh, the, the classics. There was nothing, you know, I was in Romania, which, you know, people care a lot about the work they did, but it's not like, you know, the latest and the greatest of, you know, that has arrived, you know, it's right. And, and, and so we, we had very basic equipment at times and, and the gaffer had, you know, that was an anomaly. He had that one life that, that did fine. Great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we had tubes, we did a lot of, uh, Dapron, you know, tubes with Dapron sometimes on the desk for a little, a little kiss on the eye here and there. Um, very basic stuff, nothing more to that. It was just placing the light really more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, but that's always great to hear, right? Cause it could for certainly for newer films, especially shot like in Atlanta or here or whatever, um, it feels like you're kind of chasing a dragon where everyone has these new crazy things. Yeah. And it's like, wait, will I ever be able to catch up to that? It's like, yeah. And the show like Wednesday could be shot with a few tubes and a, the world's only orbiter. Yeah, exactly. The world's only, no, I mean, there was a few tubes, a few lights. I mean, there was, but they're basic lights. Yeah. Nothing, nothing fancy. I mean, I think one of the things that we had that was, to me, that I'd never worked with was an HMI, uh, mold beam. Oh, uh, I've always worked with tungsten mold beams and there happens to be a 20K HMI mold beam that we used uh, in the library. There's like a, some weird secret library that uh, that takes place. Originally, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm like a one-trick pony and got no original thoughts, but there was, there was <laughs> I took the idea of, of I remember in uh, Roger Deakins had done uh, the, uh, the 2049 Blade Runner, uh, the sequence uh, where you have the, uh, the water shimmers, yes. yep. you know, Pushing, which is a beautiful, beautiful piece of photography, I thought. And we tried, we, we tried something like that uh, on a different scale, obviously. And uh, I think Tim was like, no, no, this is not going to work. Were you like doing the, because I think for that one, he shot through a plexiglass thing. Were you doing that or bouncing it off? Because I know no. people put a mirror in, in the bottom. The, the bouncing is interesting for the floor, for sure. For the walls, bouncing could have been cool. But I, I mean, what we did, literally, we had a 20K HMI mold be hung at the very top on chain waters of the of the stage. And we had uh, the other department build us a, a little, you know, plexiglass pool that was only eight feet. And I think we had been, we had inquired with, with, uh, with the Blade Runner crew and because they shot in Hungary and I, and I knew that some of the grips and, um, and the gaffer, um, that worked on it, uh, the Hungarian gaffer, uh, Christian Paluk, amazing gaffer, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he told us not his, I think his box that they should, they shot through was like 20 feet by 20. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I could, I, I could not, uh, yeah, no production would have, uh, not been too happy or put me on the first flight back to LA, I think right after that. It is funny how, cause I'm on Deacons' forums as well, you know, it's fun to read. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it is funny how he has this reputation of being so simple. He's like, no, I'll just, you know, just one bounce and we're good. And then you'll look at his lighting plans and you're like, bro, you have 700 lights in here. What do you, it's simple. <laughs> it's like, That's yeah, right. but it's like a simple lineup of 700 lights. And you're like, I guess. <laughs> a lot of space light. A lot of space light. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing I did, stuff. I did want to ask uh, about the difference kind of between 
your more modern work and the kind of work you were doing, I assume you still do it, but uh, for like beauty commercials and stuff, because I feel like those are two these days, a lot of education about lighting seems to come from photographers, you know, mm -hmm. online mostly. Uh, and that can be a lot of like beauty lighting style. So I was wondering if, if, if you could juxtapose your, your, um, you know, makeup and beauty commercial work versus kind of your television and narrative work. Yeah. It's amazing. You, you really are asking good questions. I mean, huh. the part of the beauty work that I did, and it was a great learning curve of, of and a, a really great wonderful learning process of how to photograph a, a woman's face or a body. Um, it started off with the music videos I did on Lenny Kravitz, uh, where, you know, there were younger, younger, uh, younger ladies, younger girls. And, and, but following forward from there, um, I think in, in, and onwards with commercials, um, you can see these are commercial and commercial lighting, commercial beauty lighting. You know, there's, there's, you cannot, it doesn't feel right. Obviously mm. to do anything like that, obviously with the, the, the amount of light that sometimes I was bringing just to shoot a face, uh, many different ways to do it, obviously, and many different things. I know, you know, the, but I, I think, um, a lot of layers was something I remember doing with commercials, with with with, uh, with beauty products and whatnot. Where basically we, you know, sometimes I had two twelve bytes, and then in front oh. of that, I mean two twelve bytes, and then in front of that I had uh, that was if I had the space, obviously, and, and then in front of that I had another, I had a one forty. That was towards the end. I remember I had a one forty breezy, breezy were quite hot at the time, and like uh, parabolic softbox, the parabolic. Uh, oh yeah, like kind of uh, half egg kind of thing, very deep, and it had different. Yeah. They had different materials inside, whether it be a silver lining or or white um, shiny or soft bounces inside. And then at times, I even sometimes I even had another light. So it was just like you know, it just it just pushed. And these these ladies, they were models. They didn't really need it, but definitely I could see the different shimmers and different quality very subtly in in the faces. Uh, and this was also a beauty product stream type stuff that was being sold. But there was a lot of learning of what looks, what feels good, what doesn't look good at the time. And it kind of, um, uh, after that doing narrative, obviously doesn't make sense. You know, you cannot bring two 12 eyes in a breezy every time you look at a woman's face. I mean, that's just completely right. ludicrous, you know. I mean, the Marilyn Monroe era of cinematography. No, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's two different worlds, two entirely different worlds. But, but I will tell you one thing. I remember where my first movie I did was called Celeste and Jesse with Lee Krieger. We had um, was with Rashida Jones. Uh, she was the lead, also the executive producer, with Andy Samberg, and um, Rashida was producing the movie. She was busy even after, you know. Uh, not only she had to remember her lines when she went home, but she had also to deal with, you know, managing the, the film as well. Right. And and we were doing a scene where, with a cricket Rashida and and, Sam, and Andy, and it's, it's a pretty intense scene at a bar. There's no one else there. It's just a bar. And I learned very quickly that you have to be very careful how you photograph a person at times. Um, and you have to be very aware of their chin, of a woman that. Uh, the chin, the chin, the nose, and I since and and I remember I think we I think the, I didn't do a good job that day, and I got a you know the director and I got another very good email 
from Furushita, right? How can you guys, you know, it was a French over. So, you know, over the backs, then she was low profile and this was not very pretty the under the chin. We, there's things you have to be careful for. And I think ever since then, I've always been very careful for that instance of the thing. Um, but then, you know, you moving forward from there, you know, working with someone like Blake Lively, uh, who is, you know, in front of the camera, she, she, she's, she, the camera likes her very, very much. Right. Easy to photograph. Easy to photograph and very simple. But, uh, but so that was moving forward and, and very, um, using at the time, using a little bit of haze. I remember that was a thing and less so now, um, is everything ever since COVID has become very controversial. Um, oh, sure. Know, yeah. You know, you, I mean, it's just fine either way. You know I mean? I think that the haze thing, it's good if you want, I mean, you, you gotta be able to cut a few, you know, I've always said that, you know, you, you, you can't just stick to one thing. You gotta be able to do multiple hair, different styles of haircuts, so to speak. You know, you can't just do one haircut. So if you've got haze grade, if you don't, then, then so be it. You have to figure it around. But, um, the haze will help definitely with the skin. Uh, especially if you build a lot or if you build, or if you crush your blacks a little bit, but you keep your highlights and you play around, you will not feel the haze so much. So it won't be these horrible shafts. I mean, not horrible, but you won't be like, you know, Excalibur bloody hell right. doing it. But it's a, it's a, it's a mixture between your key, uh, the contrast, everything, your early levels. And the moment the haze starts to dissipate, then everything starts to change. So you really need to have some good people working the haze and then you change lens and then everything changes again. But it helps with the skin, um, and that's something I remember trying at one point very much. I did some sh some season of the morning show here in LA, which was really nice to be in LA. And and I, yeah, it's good. I think it has its own, you know, it's its own audience. I mean, definitely. I I've always everyone on the show is really lovely. I I I never quite understood the topic of it all because I've <laughs> never cared much rich people's problems you know right that was, right that was the thing but you know sometimes you're there you know you're doing a job and you're doing it and people are lovely and very kind and else you go um but the haze would have been something that would have helped i think and i think only once i was able to put haze on a set with reese witherspoon and it was fine but you know nowadays the other thing is people which is that's another thing with younger dps who do not know how to photograph ladies at times yeah. i'm not saying that i surely do because but they somehow, and I've, I've I encountered this with other DPs who are we all DP to me, and suddenly um, they're not being very judicial with how to photograph a face. They've never been taught, and then suddenly everything's getting fixed and posed, and everybody looks like you know um, not a very good version of themselves, and it just looks like a cartoon. And that's the I, I feel kind of I wish. I wish that wasn't the case so much because it's the same program. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, the, you know, yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, two things. Uh, um, the one thing that I was told, cause I, I was, when I was in college, I was in that same boat, both as a, as a photographer and when I was shooting was I would get notes back from, uh, women and, and they were like, we need to reshoot this. And in my head, I was like, no, you look great. Yeah. And they're like, I, even if <laughs> I'll speak for this imaginary woman, but it's like, yeah, I know I do, but you didn't highlight that. 
Yeah. And the, and I remember there was one, uh, she wasn't older, but there was one like uh-huh. adult woman that I was yeah. filming and she pulled me aside cause she had worked in film. She wasn't just an actress. And she goes, listen, you just need to do your buddy a favor. Yeah. And I was, and I've taken that to heart my whole life. Anyone, it doesn't matter. Women, men, doesn't matter. Anytime I'm filming someone, I'm always, I have to turn on the, what I would consider what I think younger DPs who don't know how to do this need to yeah. maybe call it is your douchebag brain. Uh-huh. You have to look at someone, you have to look at someone who's objectively pretty and go, I can make you prettier, you know, and kind of think like that. And you'll, yeah. you'll jump that hurdle of yeah. thinking, obviously, I don't know how better to explain it. It's just like, do your buddy a favor. Just make them look the best version yeah. of them. Not that they need it, but that they, right. they want it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and they're not going to ask you, some of yeah. them might, but no, it's true. It makes everyone happy, especially the producers. It's, it's very, very well, the producer, but it's very true. I think definitely, again, it's looking at, you know, the frame, the image and, but I mean, it's, it's, yeah, actors, actors. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that. That was another great email that I got saying, you know, what the hell were you thinking? And even though, you know, she was stressed, she probably didn't get much sleep that night. It was the wrong angle for the camera to be. Yeah. And yeah. And one had to take that in consideration, you know, for, for Rashida Jones and, and we, and, but you know. They couldn't fire us because the movie was only eight hundred thousand dollars. So there was no, you know, tells net off. But you know, that was a, le- a good learning curve. Um, but I do, you know, faces are interesting. I think it's it's so much fun to to light a face to find what is that, you know, whether lighting or framing or whatever. Get to have that. Um, I always find it always. Uh, to, it's a new, it's a new uh, experience every time. And I think for Wednesday, one of the things even on with Tim Burton was something that he was like very, he had met her many times and, you know, being amazing, you know, visual sense that he has, we always were trying, there was, there was, there was a moment where we wanted the camera to be a little higher, a little higher. And there was that nice sweet spot with, 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 with Jenna Ortega that just kind of, you know, just made her that more graphic kind of, Mm -hmm. not two dimensional, but it was a graphic kind of feel to her. With, you know the big head, the big eyes, but then just that slight the, the the body wasn't so cartoonish, but it had a vibe that it was just like that that fit for the the show, right? And like you said, you were shooting wider too, so that probably accentuated it a little bit. And yeah, yeah, the wider lenses were great. Um, so that we that's why we use the signatures. They they had a great range on the wide end, and at the end we only we we stepped we we kept to like four lenses at the end. It was like the twenty one, the twenty nine. It was a 30 something and there was a 49 and the 49 in large format. That was the longest chance we used on the first four episodes. I, um, I, I find myself cause I have a C 500 Mark II so mm-hmm. frame. Yeah. Yeah. And uh amazing camera. I feel like more people should think about using it. Uh, well, it's, um, just so I'll be in demand more as an owner operator, <laughs> but, uh, but I find, yeah, like the 28, the, like it's the classic you know, photographic Trinity, the 28, the 35 and the 50 is kind of like all you really need. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe like a 65 for like inserts, but yeah, I have an eight yeah. and five still. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, wow. you, you may need the, you know, the, the, it depends on every show, but I think it, it's, I, I like the idea of, you know, only having four lenses and that is, that is your, it's, it's, just because you have these tools, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, producers hate to hear that, but just because you have it, doesn't mean you have to use them. Yeah. You, it's really being very, and you're creating a dialogue, creating a Bible, so to speak, I think. 
uh, you know, for this moment, this is the right lens. For this moment, this is the right lens. That it is, it, you know, I'm saying this. It doesn't mean that I believe that that's the only rule. I think, you know, rules are meant to be broken. But I do. Everyone does it differently and, and definitely. But I do appreciate having four lenses, like four go-to lenses for sure. Well, and also restriction creates creativity. Yeah, you know, if you have infinite yeah. options, you're going to make something bland. Yeah, but like yeah. plenty of what well, was it? Maybe not the Godfather, but like there's there's a whole list. I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vashi Nizamansky, the editor, put together a list of all these films that only shot on like one lens. Maybe it was the Godfather, mm-hmm. but it's like 28 really popular, 50, sometimes 35. But it's like sometimes movies are just shot on one good looking lens. Uh, what well, <laughs> what was it? Um, uh, Army of the Dead. Uh-huh. Did you uh-huh. that? No, I haven't. Was it is, is, is it the Zack Snyder show? That one? yeah. No. Oh yeah. So my buddy uh, who uh, started Zero Optic, Alex Nelson. Oh, yeah. He he made the lens for him. It's the Canon Dream lens, but right. he he didn't he hadn't finished it, so there's no aperture in it. Oh, so he was at point nine five the whole time, not as a create. Well, I mean, it was a creative choice, but like he had to. There was no there was no changing it. Oh my god. What lens? What's what was the millimeter on that lens? What was that? Oh, uh, no, that was a fifty. A fifty. Mm. So he shot. It was on the Monstro. Yeah. Uh, so it's full frame on the fifty point nine five all the time with no app. Yeah. Yeah. That poor AC. He needs. He needs better. <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> yeah. He, where's, where's the Oscar for focus pulling? Exactly. Exactly. No, focus pulling is amazing. Yeah. No. Uh. I, I know we're we're kind of coming up on time, but I did want to because we talked about Oppenheimer, then we talked about beauty lighting. So I have to ask: Did you see Barbie? No, no, I haven't. My son saw it. It's, he went with his mom. Yeah, it's fantastic. You got oh, really? Yeah, it's so okay. good. It's really fun. Right. It's fucking wow. hilarious. Is it okay? Cool. I'm gonna have to check it out then. That's amazing. I just, I mean, Oppenheimer left me like, yeah, that's that's how I went. Ooh. My son fell asleep because it was late. <laughs> I did. I actually nodded off a couple times in <laughs> which is why I'm glad to go. But it was like 10 o'clock at night and I had yeah. a few cocktails before. But oh, there you go. Oppenheimer, the thing too with Oppenheimer is, is the pacing is relentless. I, I think yeah. I picked up on the fact that the score doesn't drop out until uh, that scene where he and uh, his girlfriend are like, you know, they're, they're nude in the room. I think that's okay. the first. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like an hour and a half into the movie. And that's the first time the score cut, it cuts out. That's amazing. And it's just, it's just like that. I think that drive is also exhausting if it's late at night. Like you have to see Oppenheimer earlier in the day. It's, 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 yeah. Three, was it three hours long? About three, no, three ten, yeah. Three ten. Well, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I really appreciate it. I know there's a few things I missed. I'm going to have to see it again just because it, it is dense. But what an amazing film. What an amazing film. And I thought it was very much within the times right now yeah it's a, yeah. it's a, uh, i mean you, you, the end the end for me i i mean it's not like a you know definitely not a cliffhanger but it definitely but it's not it's like the end is not like a mass you know it's not like oh and then it's, it's not like uh you know gone with the wind or anything like that but but the end does leave you wondering and that was that was very impressive about it, so I, I saw someone ask in the theater marvel has for all the amazing films they've made they've really ruined us all Someone yeah. stands up and goes, "Is there an after credit scene?" Oh, and at Alfenheimer, and 
later, I wish someone had this quick clip in the theater, but I saw later some, I guess someone else had asked it online and someone went, you're living it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We are the after credit scene. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We've been, yeah. Marvel has been a number on us for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. But, uh, no, but good stuff. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'd like to see the IMAX. You're going to see the IMAX version. I think the IMAX thing, I think, will be some yeah. I think it's worth seeing a second time, for sure. I, I will say, you know, it's this whole, the whole Barbenheimer thing, I think it's amazing that everyone has built a weird doubleheader that was made out of spite. I confirmed this with not an executive at WB, but someone who works uh-huh. near it, that I know, uh-huh. that they released Barbie at the same time as Av and I were to get back at Nolan. Cause he left uh-huh. WB to go. And so, uh, they're like, oh, we'll show him cause Barbie's going to do numbers. And little did they know it was going to make everyone sell. But I just love that we Amazing. as an entire global culture, especially in the U S decided that this was like a, a holiday Yeah, that we all going to go to the movies and have a good time watching two completely different films. And good ones. And good Amazing. ones because, and because there's so much shit out there. And I honestly, I, there should be more movies like that. And it's like, that is the reason when shit is going on, like shit's been going on in the world lately. To go see a film, even though you're being reminded that this is an open eye, but to be able to, to step away and to feel that, that's amazing. That is truly, that's what I think movies are all about, for sure. Well, and at the Century City, there's a funny bit in Barbie about the Century City, about Century City, which, uh, uh-huh. uh, but it's a great theater. The AMC there's great. Um, but everyone, everyone in that mall, have you been to that mall? Uh, no, dude, it's, it's the nice, it's a ridiculous mall. Like it should be in Beverly Hills, but it's in Century City. The Westfield, Westfield? That- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's absurdly nice. Like it's, yeah. it's yeah. makes yeah. no sense. But, um, everyone, everyone was wandering around the wall, the mall wearing pink. Like people are dressing up to go see movies and no Oppenheimer dress ups, unfortunately, but (laughs) no, 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 no skinny man with hats walking around. No, short ties. ties, Yeah. No, that's amazing. No, the pink, I did see a lot of people wearing pink as well. And, uh, I asked my son, was this, was this, it's not for our movie, is it? He's like, no, the other one. It's just, I, again, it's, I, I, when people were saying, oh, Oppenheimer's going to save cinema, I was like, well, maybe in the sense that we're going to take more time and like allow thoughtful stories to be made and let auteurs kind of do their thing. And that yeah. film wasn't that expensive, all things considered, you know, it wasn't, no. well, it was the new, the new Indiana Jones, like $300 million. And I think Oppenheimer was like 80 or 120 or, you know, but yeah. Yeah, maybe it was less than that. Fifty. Well, they shot it. They shot it in fifty-four days or something, which is amazing. Yeah, crazy, right? Like, yeah, let 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 them cook, as they say. But uh, but I was like, Oppenheimer's not going to save cinema. Oppenheimer's going to save the art. Barbie's going to save the cinema. So yeah. the, it sold four hundred bajillion tickets, and everyone is like stoked on it. And it's it's a great film, and it's fun. Like, I don't, and I'm hoping to interview Rodrigo about it because going. This is what I was going to say about the beauty lighting thing. The whole thing in Barbie world is lit very product you know it's it's yeah. lit like barbies yeah. and yeah. and i'm fascinated to know what the conversations were between barbie world and the real world because it's not super different but it is very different right. no i gotta check it out right he did i'm sure he did an amazing job yeah wow yeah it's interesting lighting it like a yeah a product a shiny product so 
Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a movie where they literally were like, we're going to make it look like plastic boxes and like the whole we're going to make it look fake. Yeah. Maybe that's small fun. soldiers. <laughs> small soldiers running around. Yeah. No, but that's the fun. That's that's the fun. But I'm happy. I'm happy. They're both doing really well. This movie. I think I think finally, I've never seen so many people in a movie theater in what, four years now. Yeah. So it's refreshing. Yeah. Even Avatar was in and out. Everyone loved yeah. it. Like it was, you know, it was a quick thing. I didn't see, I didn't see it, but, uh, but yeah, was it worth all the, was it $2 billion or something or whatever? <laughs> no, but yeah. uh, that's the thing though, is that, ha- again, that was a spectacle. That was 3D. You needed yeah. to see that movie in a giant 3D theater. It's not going to work on Blu-ray in the same way. I mean, it's gorgeous, but it's not, you know, the 3D yeah. was technically incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, looked i mean there were times where i could i was just like i don't know if this is a person in makeup or if this is digital like really? it was it was very 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 well done so if all that money went to the vfx teams i get it mm-hmm. um so we'll see what wow. the next six movies <laughs> like there's i think there's seven total yeah so really? i think there might be five more uh, i'll be 80 by the time the seventh one comes around that's crazy uh, yeah no but good but good on cameron good on cameron yeah yeah, that's fun. Uh, no, very, very cool. But um, no, interesting. But I'm happy. I'm happy. again. I'm like repeating myself. But no, I'm happy. I'm happy these two movies that they're doing well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, is there anything else? I know that I saw some. There's some interesting films that were before with uh, it, it, it's very small movies that were coming out called. Uh, there was Costage, which was interesting with the same actress from uh, that I'd seen a couple of months ago. No, more than a couple of months ago. Mm. Uh, anywhere, other films out there. Yeah, the uh, titles. So yeah, sure. I'm mean, getting watching a lot more Criterion's. The Criterion yeah. stream, nice. But uh, yeah. I saw one on. I saw one called The Portable Door. That I, yeah. I, I guess it came out in Australia, um, and uh, it's on Amazon, I think. But uh, I guess we're not promoting streamers right now. But but. Um, yeah. It's got uh, Christoph Waltz in it and um, uh, Sam Neill, uh-huh. and it's very similar to to kind of um, Lemony Snicket or, or Wednesday mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But it came out like last year or this year. Never heard of it. I guess it came out in Australia for like five seconds and then went straight to streaming. But that was a good no. one. That was a good one. Okay, the portable door. Yeah, I'm have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, it's, it's somewhere between yeah. a kids movie and you know. Yeah, d- dark kids movie. I like my like second, but it's interesting. Yeah, well, I good. did. I did want to ask because uh, yeah. I I forgot to. We got a little sidetracked, and then I'll let you go. But uh, yeah, yeah. when you were talking about like working quickly with those <laughs> European condors um, mm. on Wednesday, what are what were some of the tricks to? Because I know any television show, um, you're on a tight schedule. Plus, you shot the first four episodes, and then someone else shot the first eight. Uh, no, the first so the first four um, episodes. Or sorry, the next four. In the next four, twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the twelve. So yeah, the eight episodes total. Um, so we shot them out of order. So Tim and I did the first block, so one and two, mm-hmm. and we started in August. And by mid October, um, the uh, next director. With the other DP went on to shoot uh, episode uh, 
one, two, three, four, five, and six. Mm. And so they shot them out of order. And then when we came back in um, end of October, beginning of November, we went on, we started shooting uh, episodes four and five. Four, gotcha. three and four, sorry. Okay. So well, that that is. Is what yeah. But, uh, question being, what were some of the things, speaking about the, the Euro Condors, that helped you guys work quickly beyond just like, being simple, but also the, the communication between teams, how did you keep the look consistent between each other? Well, you know, the, the, the look, as far as the, what made things move faster, I think the crew moves very fast. I mean, first we had, there was like the grips, it was more the European system. So they don't cut the light. It's the electricians that do that. Mm. Um, um, so it's not like in America or it's more of an English hybrid system. Uh, but the, the grips only touch the cameras, mainly cameras. So any kind of camera support or cranes, um, platforms, um, anything to do with cars, whatever. And the, uh, thing that I found really amazing and how quick they, they, they first of all, there's 12 grips, 12 set grips. I've never had that many grips on a set, um, <laughs> and electricians, by the way, it was insane, but they, 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 you know, they, they don't have the latest greatest gadgets, which was fine, but they, they do make up with, um, how fast they work, uh, being that many of them, uh, I've never seen, uh, 130 feet of track laid so quickly in a muddy forest and it didn't take more than 25 minutes. I mean, these guys were super fast and, and, and I have to give them for that, for, you know, they, they did a really good job. Um, but then, you know, with cranes and things like that, it's it's a little bit more complicated. And we, we, we try to keep things very simple in, in that in, in, in that aspect. Um, also, the other thing is, while using one camera, some producers would say, well, no, uh, we need two cameras to, you know, one wired and one tight or whatever the hell, you know. But we were very uh, super careful about, not careful, but we were very economical in our coverage, but also in our storytelling, we we're very specific. And is this warrant a close-up? Do we need to go to close-up? Like, you know, some of the shows are like, you got to give you the close-up. He's like, but he's going to the fucking bathroom. Like, why do you need right. to close-up? The guy's saying, you know what I mean? It's just things like that. That's just like, it's very redundant in television at times. And it's kind of a very formulaic, but here we were able to move faster with our telling the story where this scene was important, this scene is not so much intense that you need to spend the energy and the time to work on that. So we were very diligent and I will say Tim, Tim was very, um, uh, his, his time management is extraordinary. You wouldn't think of it because he comes like very eccentric and you would think like he doesn't look at his watch or anything like that. But I mean, he is very exceptionally great with time. Mm. And, um, even to the point where there was one time that you would think that's not being wise with your time, but there was one time where we had an hour and a half left in our day. We still had a page scene, a new page, one no, page scene to do. And he was like, you know what? And we were gonna be coming back the next day to this location. You know, any other, most directors I know would probably have been like, we gotta knock it out, we gotta do it, blah, 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 because we gotta, made same thing with ADs, they would be like, hey, Got to be on the second production report, bullshit this and that. But, you know, if you say Tim Burton, nobody says no to Tim Burton for one, but Tim, um, yeah, which is quite extraordinary. But, but, but he, he goes, you know what? Let's rehearse the scene and we're going to sleep on it. Oh, that's, I thought you were, I thought you were just going to say there to skip it. Rehearsing, it's a great idea. We're going to rehearse it and we're going to sleep on it. 
And I think, and, and, and tomorrow, you know, if something comes up tonight and we'll do it, we'll knock it out tomorrow morning. The lighting doesn't change much. There's nothing much different within the area that we're shooting. Everything's pretty much similar. Yeah, everything's in place. We're coming back. We're here for, you know, however many minutes. And I really, really appreciated that because it just kind of, you know, sometimes you undo the work by, um, he was very adamant about not doing any overtime. There were days, obviously it was a half hour or 40 minutes, but generally we're within our time schedule, but he didn't want to work more than, you know, 10, 11, I think we were on a 11 hour or 10 hour. I can't remember. And it was, uh, we were, it was COVID time. So they had the French hour, the French lunch thing going. Um, but he said, you know, David, if we go, you know, he wasn't telling me specifically, but he would tell me, you know, the thing is, if you do more than a certain amount of hours, you're actually undoing all the work you've done. Totally. And I thought that was really wise. And, and, and ever since then, I'm like, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, nobody says no to Tim, so it's easy to, to go along the routes. But so that was one of the things is having a, definitely a director who knows what he wants um, and that there's not like a, an army of producers who all want to be directing and therefore they all have their say. This is like a, you following one person and that was extremely refreshing and you move faster because it's one vision. It's not diluted by, you know, 20 different people and so forth. Um, uh, but I think moving fast, uh, so that was that. Uh trying to think of it was something else i said but i've lost track anyway that was, no, I was just say, keeping the look consistent between teams keeping the look consistent between teams i think you know we had a, a great crew with the same crew that basically you know it's like me jumping off one horse and going to another it's the same thing for the crew that they kept going with stefan tierson who who i think you know uh he had less time unfortunately they didn't give him the same amount of time to him and his directors so I think considering, you know, we had 40 days to shoot two episodes with Tim Burton, and we had also a third camera that would do cleanup. So anything that was not, you know, whether it be inserts or sometimes um, photographing a thing, at times it was a different unit altogether. But um, but Stefan, under the conditions that he had much less time to do uh, what he was asked to and try to keep a look as as, as as coordinated as much as possible. I think he did a pretty good job. But it's not easy. But the, it was the gaffer, the key grape, the operator, they all try to keep, and, and the showrunners also, they try to keep the, the feel. But I know that, you know, when the main director, when Tim leaves, I, I, I think, you know, sometimes there can be a vacuum in, in the direction at times, even because it's, it's such a big show to carry and, and therefore, um, oops, something binging um but anyway it's um it was it was it was uh it's i think i think it's it's not easy and i've been i've been on the other side as well where i had to copy or i had to assimilate the look of another dp and that's not very very easy and it's not always very gratifying either because it's not the way something you would do the way you would do it so yeah not a good i mean there's certainly like uh I found, I did second unit on this one movie and uh, it was the first time that I had worked on a large film and I was mm. like, and I found that second unit was fantastic because I just, I didn't have to think that hard. I just, yeah, I, they would show me clips from what the other guy shot and I just went, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> just make it look, that's the other side of things where you do a, 
you know, you're just like, oh, just copy. Easy. Yeah. Seconding, it's great. You don't have, you know, all the pressure of, of that. But, but Stefan, Stefan was not second unit. That was definitely, right. Yeah. He, yeah. he was, he had, he had, he was like definitely first unit with all the pressures that kind of came back from after Tim was gone. There was no producer really necessarily all the time on set. And suddenly when we were gone, suddenly all, everyone kind of, right. It's like a, it's like a current, you know, it comes right back. But, yeah. And all the, uh, all the, the toys come to life when the parents are gone. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. It was good. And I think, you know, thumbs up, thumbs up on him. I know, I know it wasn't easy. He, he had much less time to do it. Sure. Which should, he, he had more stuff to do too. That's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, thanks so much for, for spending the extra time with me. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. I'm sure you want to hang out with your wife and shit, but, uh, I would, <laughs> Good. uh, Whenever we we get back to work, um, I'd love to have you back on and, and chat about whatever that is because I had a lot. Yeah, time flew by. I, absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me and definitely, yeah, keeping me in mind. Frame and Reference is an Owlbot production. It's produced and edited by me, Kenny McMillan, and distributed by Pro Video Coalition. As this is an independently funded podcast, we rely on support from listeners like you. So if you'd like to help, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash frame and ref pod. We really appreciate your support, and as always, thanks for listening.